welcome back to the Sugar Pink Podcast. Now, I haven't done a podcast for a little while, and that is because this interview has been on the cards for a little bit. Today, I'm speaking to someone really exciting, and that is Mr. Simon Rimmer. So, Emma, you actually weren't with me when I did the interview, were you? No, I'm a little bit annoyed by this, I won't lie. Um, I, I, that week, I was home every day, um, and the one time I couldn't do was happened to be the one time that you could do. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Not, not bitter, not, not, yeah, I move on. I know, I'm sorry, I wish you could have been there because I was just a bit of a panicky mess because I absolutely <laughs> love him. I love Sunday brunch. You and I have WhatsApped each other through many a Sunday brunch show, like, oh, that looks really tasty, or what's that guest yeah. doing? <laughs> love it. But anyway. I, love, I especially love it when Danny dies on drinking. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't watch Sunday Brunch, it's like a magazine-style show where they have guests on every week and Simon Rimmer is a chef. He has 16 restaurants. And he's been a TV chef for 13 years. So he does little cooking segments and then there's like famous people on and all that stuff. So yeah, I managed to get to interview him over the telephone and it was very exciting. So how did the interview with Simon come about then? Is he, does he, have you seen your blogs or? Well, he's actually become the ambassador for Hoover. Okay, what's that got to do with food? Well, <laughs> loads of people don't actually realise that Hoover have portfolio of ovens and hobs and hoods and things like that that are for the domestic kitchen as well as commercial. Oh. So, okay. uh, so they got Simon involved to help with the promotion of their new range. Yeah, and, and then inform people like myself that either are not just actual hoovers. Yeah, although, <laughs> just to be geeky, everyone calls vacuum cleaners hoovers, but hoovers the brand. I know, they're vacuum cleaners. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It's good. So yeah, anyway, it was really exciting. I got to have a good chat with him over the telephone all about his partnership with Hoover, a little bit about Sunday brunch, cooking on live TV. Uh, so shall we have a listen? Yeah, I'm excited. Not better, not better. Not <laughs> so first of all, thank you so much for doing this. I so appreciate your time. I am personally a really big fan of yours. I've been watching oh, your show you. from day one, so I'm delighted to get to speak to you, to be oh, honest. Thank you very much. <laughs> and also, I'm a massive Liverpool fan, so. Ah, well, there you go. There <laughs> you go. It's a perfect start. <laughs> you are the brand ambassador for Hoover, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how long have you been doing that for? Um, we started about sort of six months ago now. Um, and I. Yeah, you know, I do. I do lots of kind of corporate stuff, but I always sort of have a strict rule that I'll only do. I'll only work with brands that I like or that are doing something that I think is interesting or different, um, and that want to get involved with. You know, I, I've, I'm very fortunate. That I've never um, knowingly kind of got involved with with a brand and sort of gone, I don't really, I don't even give a damn about them. Yeah. So when when they approached me. Um, then obviously you know you, you say the word Hoover and everyone thinks about vacuum cleaners. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff that they're doing with their with their hobs and their ovens is really interesting. And um, from a domestic point of view, you know, so they're doing things like 
having um, sous vide drawers and sous vide ovens within their sort of domestic range. And then this um, K, this HK peak range that they do where you can actually store cooked goods in your oven for up to seven days is is proper kind of revolutionary stuff really and stuff that nobody's done in the domestic market before you know there are things that do that from in a commercial point of view um you know you sort of think if you if you go to any kind of big event when they're cooking for like 500 people then fundamentally your your food is cooked and held at temperature in ideal conditions so they can serve it quickly so yeah. to do that on a, on a domestic level um so it means that you know you, you can store different things so they're ready to kind of serve it's pretty revolutionary so it's been it's been really interesting to work on what i would sort of say are commercial practices in a in a domestic setting uh, it's been a really good thing fabulous have you been doing any kind of demonstrations or anything like that on yeah, their product we did, yeah we, we, we did some we did some demos out in birmingham uh, with their stuff and then with it in-house then we're doing sort of plenty so we're doing sort of plenty of videos about you know utilizing the uh, the, the, the technology that they've got and sort of highlighting the versatility of it. Because I think when you're an ambassador for a brand, I think one of the things that's always important is that I think that my role is to almost demystify the the uh, the instruction manual. So, you know, if you read the manual for the sous vide oven, it's quite complicated, you know, because there's yeah. a load of kind of stuff to take in. And I think that, you know, my role is really to, to demystify that and say, look, you know, what, what that means is seal this in a bag, you cook it at really, really low temperatures, it seals in all the nutrients, it keeps it kind of nice and moist, it makes it really nice and tasty, you can do marinades in it, blah, 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 blah. That's kind of quite a nice place to be. So I think that that's, they're, they're, the, they're the good bits, you know, that almost translating what's very technical jargon into kind of everyday jargon that, you know, that your average person cooking at home will, will kind of understand and get excited by. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, when you look at an instruction manual, it can be really daunting to just think, oh, where do I even start? So yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, the, the reality being that so many instruction manuals are translated. So, you know, if an instruction manual is written in Italian, then translated to English, you do lose a certain nuance of kind of what they're actually trying <laughs> to say. So, you know, there's a you know, what that actually isn't even English or it is, but you'd never ever say those <laughs> words out loud. So, you know, there's a bit of that. Absolutely. So what's your biggest culinary tip for an unconfident cook? And is there any Hoover products that you think can help? Um, I mean, I, I always sort of think that what, what you want to try and do is minimise the number of movements when you cook. You know, if, if you understand what I mean by that. So, so if, you, if you cook something, you don't want to have to use every single piece of kit that you have and then every single pot and pan and then equally then when it comes to serving have to have 55 different movements which is why people get stressed over doing Christmas dinner so mm -hmm. if you do Christmas dinner you sort of think your average Christmas dinner you've got to um, cook the turkey so you've got to prep that and kind of cook it uh, for a, the right amount of time you've got to make your roast potatoes which will involve peeling potatoes parboiling potatoes then roasting the potatoes then you've got um gravy to make or to or to reheat you've got sausages to cook which fundamentally you'll then wrap in some bacon um etc etc et then you've got all of your veg to cook so you think to cook, put your sunday lunch on your your roast dinner your christmas dinner on a plate there's probably 14 movements in that and we always reckon in a, from a restaurant point of view if you can do a five movement dish then that's pretty good so i think that that's and that again that sounds quite technical I, I'm, I'm turning myself into technical jargon so for example 
a really, really simple dish to do would be to do a baked chicken and rice dish. So what you do is you put some stock in, in a jug and to that you add your favourite herbs and spices. So let's say you like smoked paprika, oregano, chilli and garlic. So yeah. you stir in some dried powder into, into your stock and then you put your rice and so you get your rice and by volume you'd have however much rice you use, you put it into a jug, you're right, I need twice that amount of my flavoured stock. So you do it by volume, you put your rice in, you pour two lots of stock on top, then you get some bits of chicken, you stir that through, you cover it with foil, you put it in the oven and then you cook that for 30 minutes and you open that up and you've got the most amazing, tasty, delicious baked chicken and rice. That's a perfect dish to cook. There's no cooking to be done and it will be perfect every single time and that's all you need too. So you, you, what you want is to look for those simple things and so that's that's my first thing. So really, really simple processes. Then the other is if you're cooking something in a pan, what we all love to do is, is shake a pan because we think it's about control and what you want, you sort of think that the, the method of cooking is about heat transfer. So if you put a piece of fish or a piece of steak in the pan, leave it alone. Just let it sit there. Let the, let the heat do its work. If you're shaking it around, you're not giving it a chance to cook properly. Um, and equally, anything that you put in that pan, particularly protein, so fish or meat, make sure it's at room temperature before you start doing it. Because if it's at room temperature, when it hits the heat, it starts to cook. If you get it straight out the fridge, it's going to get from cold to room temperature to cooking. So you're not giving those ingredients the best chance. So the best chance is to have it room temperature so it starts cooking straight away. There are my, there are my three major tips for you. Amazing. That's so good. Thank you. And is there any like particular Hoover products that you think can help an unconfident cook? Or Well, again, I think that, you know, some of the modern technology um, that they've got, and I, I think I think so much of the, the products themselves come down to the technology behind it. So you think timers on the ovens, you can preset ovens so you can prepare everything, just let it and get clicked on. Those things work really well. The, the controllability <clears throat> on hobs is so much better now. So, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the, if you're using gas, then the gas jets are so much more sensitive. So rather than almost being kind of on or off, you've got a whole range in between that, that will enable you to do things really well. Um, induction is just getting better and better and better, and more controllable. So that's good. But then the two things I mentioned before, like, you know, the sous vide and the, and the, um, and the key peak process, those things are amazing. You know, so they make it really, really good that you can you can cook when you can. And I think that's a big thing, you know, with busy lives. So the expression at Who Review, which I really like, is that you kind of cook when you can, but eat when you want. Because you, because the, the technology enables you to store things. So if you find, oh, my God, I've got Monday night for you. You know what? I'm going to cook loads of stuff. So you cook it on a Monday night, but then the technology enables you to kind of not have to eat it until, say, the Thursday night. That's brilliant. You know, that's really, really good technology to, to help any cook, whether they're competent or not. So we all love you from cooking on TV on Sunday brunch. Um, do you find it's more pressure to cook on telly or to cook, like you mentioned, a big Christmas dinner for all the friends and family? Um, Christmas dinner, I think, is the most stressful dish anybody cooks yeah. in, the, in the whole world. I don't think there's a dish that's more stressful than that. And I think it's just that whole thing that we, we build it up so much. You know, it has such a such a huge significance to our year, doesn't it? That, that That's kind of stressful. Cooking on telly um, is fun. 
um, I've been doing it for so long. You know, we, we've been I've been doing we've been I've been doing a live show every Sunday morning for thirteen years. Um, so I I really like that that pressure. I know a lot of people who come on and, and cook on the show. They find it quite stressful. I find it really enjoyable, and I quite like it when we're running out of time, when things go wrong, or when something funny happens. They're the best bits. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> I watch every week. I love the show. So because I'm because I'm a bit of a TV geek, I would love to yeah. know your fabulous recipes that you do on Sunday brunch. Do you yeah. kind of sit there with a team and come up with ideas? Because I imagine you can't cook everything on TV. It has to be a certain amount of prep. All so yours. I, I, I spend my entire life, I just research all the time. I just read recipes all the time. I constantly write notes. Um, so I have, I have notebooks that are just full of kind of little scribbles of ideas. It might be, <clears throat> excuse me, it might be ingredients. It might be textures. It might be a country name. I, I just constantly work on stuff. I never stop working on them. And I'm very fortunate that because I write recipes all the time, you know, I write a minimum of four recipes a week for the show. Plus I have 16 restaurants and, you know, we, 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 we're constantly developing stuff. So my world is always about writing recipes. Uh-huh. Um, and then I have a really great team of home economists on Sunday brunch. So on a Saturday when they do the advanced prep, it might well be that I might have said that it's 200 mils of stock and in reality, it's 220. So we're fortunate that, you know, we, we can tweak things uh, before they go on. Or it might be, I've said, you know, cook this in a 10-inch tin and the girls will go, you know what, it's actually better in a 9-inch, we'll get a better result. Or if we're going to do it in 10, we should up the, the ingredients. So, yes, it's a team effort in terms of the execution of them. But in terms of who writes the recipes, me, every single one. That makes me so happy. That's amazing. Because I'm sure, well, I'm sure you probably don't know who I am, obviously. But I am, um, I'm a food blogger, so... I do know who you are. You do? Oh, but amazing. I research you. Oh. I, never, I, never, I never do an interview without trying to find, without finding out who's interviewing me. Oh. That's, a really, that's, a, that's a really good way to get caught out, isn't it, if you don't do that? True. But I didn't want to assume and just be like, oh, I'm sure you know who I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your following's massive. Thank you. Yeah, I've worked hard. So, um, yeah, well one thing that I kind of love about you and that I found out through research is when you f- bought your first restaurant, this is what I read online, so forgive me if it's wrong, but you had no idea how to cook. And... No, I mean, I, I, I cooked at home. Cooked at um, home. But no, I, I wouldn't say I was even a, a passionate amateur cook, really. I loved food, and I'd worked in bars and restaurants as a student, but always front of house. Um, but yeah, I... I literally we bought four cookery books and I taught myself to cook. I mean, that's amazing because that's similar to me. I kind of moved out of home when I was quite young, when I was 18 and my mum would always cook fresh food and you know, the classic dishes. She makes an amazing lasagna, yeah. things like that. But um, yeah. it's through people like yourself and TV chefs that kind of really triggered my love for creating food and creating dishes. And similar to like what you just said then, I'm always, I'm kind of always on the lookout for ideas and suggestions. And yeah. I know it's a bit of a long-running joke between you and Tim on the show about how you invented pulled pork. Yeah, um, that's a fact. It's not a, it's not a joke, that. that's actually a fact. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, I know. That's actually a fact. Yeah, I, fact. You absolutely brought that into my life, and that's one of my favourite dishes, and I vividly remember when you first did it on the show, and I watched it, and I, <laughs> I even sent in my photo of it. It never got shown, Brilliant. but still. Brilliant. <laughs> so I just kind of love that thing, and I've kind of taught myself to cook, and... Um, I've done a few cookery courses and things like that, but it's kind of amazing what a human can do when you kind of set your mind to it and think, I kind yeah, of know the basics, I, I, but I want to learn more. 
I think you. I think you used a word that I think was my driving force was what you said, like you know the creative process, and I think that that's the thing that I love so much. I think that that creation and that creativity is the thing that that initially was what drove me to get excited by food. I think now, don't get me wrong, I, that still excites me, but I think then when you learn about ingredients then you get excited by ingredients then then when you can marry those two things together that's i think when you discover your identity as a cook you know when you sort of go right okay i know i know what i like to do from a creative point of view but i also know that my love of autumn ingredients by far exceeds my love of any of the seasons so you know you you get all those things going on you get excited when it's mushroom season or when i say right it's nice and cold now so we can do slow cooked dishes and casseroles and all those flavors that Mm -hmm. i love and breaking down kind of uh connective tissue so you get soft sticky meat all those things and i think that's kind of you know where where you get your excitement from exactly i love slow cooking as well the the second there's a slightest bit of chill in the air the slow cooker is out Or they say that is out all year. Those are the words I've been writing this week in my in my. (laughs) Amazing. So, if you had to choose between only having a hob to cook on or the oven to cook in, which do you think it would be if you had to choose? Yeah, I see. I saw this question. It's really, really tough. But I think I would have to go hob because I think you can use your hob as an oven, but you can't use your oven as a hob. That's true. See, I was thinking that, but then I was thinking you could. A lot of hob stuff you could put in kind of casserole dishes and put in yeah. the oven, maybe. Yeah, but but you can't do it the way. So it's very hard to kind of it's very hard to get a really delicious kind of bit of fish only using the oven or or a bit of meat. Whereas like you can put a you put a casserole on the hob, cover it really really low heat, and then it will act like an oven. So yeah, I, I would go hob. Amazing. Okay. And if you had to choose between sweet or savoury, forever. Oh, savoury every time. Me too, me too. Yeah. I'm always yeah. a starter if I go out. I have to have starter main rather than main pudding. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, what's the weirdest flavour combination that you really enjoy? So I really like chocolate and pickled onion crisps together. Yeah, yeah I kind of quite like that. I mean, because that, that um, Tato crisps in um, Northern Ireland, they did um, cheese and onion uh, chocolate bar, didn't they? Cheese and onion crisp chocolate bar. Uh-huh. Uh, which was which was amazing. Did you have have you ever tried one? It's just it's quite fantastic. It's no, really but I do. I love the salt and sweet combination. Yeah. Like you get there was the like uh, the little salted Ritz biscuits in chocolate once. Yeah, I mean my my thing. Everybody laughs at me, which is my sort of guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure dish that I like to eat um, is baked beans with um, tin sardines in it. Oh, that sounds quite nice though. Yeah, but people laugh at me, and then I have baked beans tin sardines and uh, hot sauce and that's kind of that's my favorite dish and if i'm feeling really extravagant i may have a bit of cheese on it as well <laughs> so is that so you might have just already answered this question so is there something that you'd like to eat when you just really cannot be bothered to cook for yourself uh something that i'd order rather than cook yeah um I suppose I suppose Indian food would always be my thing. I don't. I, I always find I'm all right at cooking Indian food, but I'm nowhere near as good as a really really good no. Indian takeaway. So I think that would be, you know, that would certainly be my 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 point of kind of of, of reference really. That always always you know, if I, and also the fact that because I want loads of different flavors. So to cook four different curries and some bhajis and samosas and some naan bread, I'm never going to make that. So yeah, that that would always be my go-to. I think. 
Amazing. And uh, what one kitchen tool should anyone that's wanting to start to cook own? Uh, Equipment-wise, yeah, uh, you need probably two good pans. You need a really good frying pan and then a really good kind of casserole pan or, or saucepan. Um, you need a good knife. Um, you need a microplane, uh, and you need a blender. A blender. Yeah. Okay. I think a blender's a good thing. Yeah, or a Nutribullet. I think Nutribullets are a good thing to buy because they're, they're a blender, but, you know, you can also do lots of pretty things with them. Ah, okay. And um, we kind of mentioned about cooking on live TV and you said you found it kind of easy. So is there anyone that's come on Sunday brunch that's really either surprised you with how good or how knowledgeable they were about food already um, or is just really panicked with the pressure of cooking on, the, on live TV? I mean, you get a lot of people who sort of who, who panic. We get a lot of people in advance who there'll be notes when we get our script on a Saturday um, that will say things like, you know, and they're really worried that they're going to look stupid. That's never the aim of our show. The aim of our show is for, for people to, to enjoy it. Um, and you get hundreds of those. I mean, obviously, there's the classic Richard Blackwood's Zesting Lemon incident, uh, which you haven't, which if you haven't seen, just <laughs> Google it because it is quite it's amazing. Um, and then people who surprised me, um, Kelly Clarkson, who we were told um, didn't really want to cook, didn't really like cooking. Uh, when she actually came on and we spoke to her rather than hearing from her PR company, then she said that she loved cooking and that her mum had taught her to cook um, years ago. And that she really enjoyed it. She was brilliant. She was really good. Um, Nick Frost uh, used to be a chef and has amazing knife skills. Um, and then Jessie Ware, she's a really good cook. Oh, I so love Jessie. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people who you know have have great food passion, food knowledge. Yeah, and I think it's probably thanks to people like yourself. I mean, um, like I said, I have watched the show forever, and I I don't think it's appreciated enough how people like yourselves go on telly and cook food, and how much that helps people with their everyday like learning to cook. I mean. And nowadays, obviously, you've got YouTube and food blogs and things like that. So it's probably a lot easier to learn than it would have been before. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm very conscious of the fact that I, I always think that um, if you cook on TV, you you fall into one of two camps. You either fall into the camp, which is kind of your, your great menu end of it. And, and Saturday Kitchen, to a certain extent, which is about, mm -hmm. look how great a chef I am. Look how clever I am. I don't, I don't mean in an arrogant way, but, you know, look, look how amazed I am. And, and you create beautiful kind of artistic food but as a as a normal punter at home you would probably never cook mm -hmm. as opposed to say somebody like me and i suppose jamie oliver was, was the guy who started it all really who sort of says look you know what cooking is quite straightforward you know you don't need to go and buy a ready meal or kind of order takeaway this is just really nice you're putting some meat in a pan you've got some veggies and we're making a little simple sauce and that's going to make you you know, that's going to make you your tea. And I'm very conscious of that. I think on a Sunday, I, I want nothing more than for, for people to say that makes me want to go and cook. Not even necessarily my dish. So, say for example, if I was, I, I did a, a dish with pork chops last week with Giles Brandreth. If somebody goes, oh, do you know what? I haven't cooked pork chops for ages. And I didn't know if you snip the edge of the of the, of the the pork chop, they'll stop them curling up because they always curl up when I cook them. And if it makes somebody go out and buy a pork chop, then I've won. That's kind of, you know, that that's that's success for me. And I mean, one thing I always think of is chefs have kind of got to, especially restaurant owners, have got to 
be able to taste a lot of things. Is there an ingredient or a dish that you really don't like but have to create and serve for either your restaurants or on the show or an ingredient on its own? I think the worst thing that you have to taste as a chef is uh, when you're making a a pate. So you're tasting raw liver. That that is probably the most unpleasant regular thing that that we have to do as chefs. Um, And then if it was an ingredient that I really hate, tripe, is uh, is the worst ingredient in the world. Probably the only thing that I won't eat. Oh, tripe! It just gives me the creeps to even think about tripe. Oh God, it's disgusting! <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. I'm sure you could make something nice out of it, though. If you stick enough you know other flavours, I said I'm sure you, you could make something nice out of it, though. If you stick enough other yeah, flavours in. Yeah, you know in. what? I, I I keep hearing that, but and there's, there's supposedly, uh, and I've always bottled it. There's a, there's a really great Spanish tapas dish with tripe that's baked in tomato sauce, which is supposed to make it taste nice, but I just, just the thought of it makes me get a little bit of a gag reflex going on, so I've not managed to, to bring myself to do it. But I'm going to Spain next week. Maybe it should actually be my, my challenge to myself and to you that I should go and try it next week. Oh my God, do it, do it. Take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> pictures yeah. or it didn't happen. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I think that's all of my questions. Nice to speak to you. And uh, and good luck with all your stuff too. Thank you so much. Uh...